Hey, Sam here, and I know your day's crazy, but I've got a quick idea to take your stress from overwhelmed to under control. So let's tackle systems from the classroom to your living room, one simple step at a time. This is the Simple Systems with Sam podcast. So this is episode 23 of this podcast, and I say that only because it's not episode 25, which would mean nothing to you until I tell you that I had told myself at the beginning of this that every 25th episode was going to be my time to reflect and to get feedback and then to modify for the future. I want this podcast to be perfectly helpful for as many people as possible, and the only way to do that is to get feedback on it. It's kind of a weird one-way conversation that I have with myself and just kind of crossing my fingers, hoping that it helps somebody to simplify their day. Well, I put out a Google form and I got such amazing feedback. I learned how I can change this podcast to be something that is going to work better for you. And I feel even more motivated. The problem is this is episode 23 and not episode 25. So while I could have held on to all these amazing ideas, for another two episodes, it's just like waiting for New Year's to set a resolution. And we will talk all about that later this year. It just doesn't make any sense. If you know what you want to do, and you know how to change it, and you want to get started, go ahead and get started making those changes right now. So here we are making some changes. And it's the same type of feedback loop that I want you to consider trying to do in different areas of your life. Get feedback from the people whose lives you are trying to impact mostly your students and your family. See what's working, see what isn't. Let them be candidly honest. Don't take anything personally and see how you can change for the future. I do this at the end of every unit with my students. And there's always a couple that make me kind of like growl a little bit at the uh, responses. But in general, it does help me understand how I can improve for the future. With this podcast, what I found out is that most of us are educators together, and most of us are high school teachers. Now, this is not everybody, but in those instances, some of our biggest struggles are coming in the classroom and also at home with organization. While simple steps were probably useful and interesting little tidbits, without more direct step-by-step guidance, you can't even implement it in one area of your life, let alone all of them. So we're going to start taking our simple steps and focusing either on the implementation within the classroom or the implementation at home so I can give you more guidance on how those set up and then also let you practice in that situation so then you can implement the similar idea outside of that scenario. And while this is episode 23 and not episode 25 where I promised myself I would make these changes, we're going to go ahead and tackle them head on. And the first step with that was finding a topic that I knew could help right now for people in all areas of education. So I put up a question box on Instagram and said, what type of thing do you need the most help with right now? And while I had amazing responses, I did decide to go with one from April for this episode. And it essentially asked, how do you implement a variety of lessons into your plans without adding extra prep? How do you mix it up in your classroom without making more work for yourself? And this fits in so well with some of my general policies that I wanted to take this chance to go ahead and expand on an idea we've already discussed and help you implement it in your classroom. 
In this case, we are discussing templates. And I've talked about templates before. I think templates are the backbone of simplifying as much as you can in as short of a time frame as you can. I use template assignments throughout every single type of course that I have taught and through a variety of different topics that we've been covering. I make it generic enough so that I can fit in any topic into the questions based on either a documentary that we're watching, a podcast episode they're going to listen to, or a different type of research that they will be doing. The really cool thing with templates is it not only benefits you as the instructor, but also your students really love knowing their expectations ahead of time. And as long as you have enough variety of them, then it keeps them almost on their toes, anticipating what you're going to be using next. We're going to create lesson plan templates. We're going to do a similar thing that we've done with assignments and transfer it into template lesson plans. Really, we're just going to add four different versions of lesson plans that you already use regularly. On a regular basis, I really have five types of days in my classroom. And those are note-taking days, activity days, review days, and then test slash quiz days. There's already other things thrown in there, like there might be a movie or a field trip, the kind of already one-offs that I don't really worry about because that's variety enough. But those four types of days repeat pretty often for me. In fact, I have a template for how I lay out my week. Monday and Tuesday are notes. My modified block days, which are Wednesday and Thursday, are for activities or labs. And then Fridays are generally my open note quiz days. I already have a template for my week. And now I need to fill it with different ideas. Well, there's really only four components that you need to shift up that can add all of the variety you need without any prep. Or if it is prep, it's minimal prep. If we're going to take a look at note-taking days, for example, the days that we all have plenty of and our students moan and groan every once in a while about the idea of actually writing down notes, (laughs) there are four things that you can add to it or change up about it to make it feel fun and exciting without having to do a whole lot of extra work. You can either add in an exciting way to practice. Generally, I consider this an expo marker or a post-it note, something that feels a little bit different and a little bit more interesting for them, but is still just doing the same thing they were going to do with notes. If you add in a dry erase marker, you might have them practice a problem on their desk or on a dry erase board if you don't have dry erase desks. And then you can walk around and check, or you can see them asking each other for help. That feels like a change to them. That adds variety. You can also add in a manipulative or some sort of active toy that they can play with. I've been using bingo chips now for two units in my freshman science classes because we've been talking about atoms and bonding. And the bingo chips can represent the things that are hard for us to see. I try to choose one to two manipulatives that I can use per unit that will fit in with the overall theme, and I make them simple to store and pretty dang cheap, because the more we use them, the more likely something is going to get lost or broken. Play-Doh is another great one, as well as things like pipe cleaners or Legos. Anything that your students can use to get their hands working, even if it's not necessarily representing the unit, but if you allow them to build any Play-Doh structure they want while you take notes, 
That's adding variety. Then you can also change whether they are sitting or standing. It's a simple change, but it makes a world of difference. Maybe your notes are done through a gallery walk. Maybe you have them rotate their desks every slide and find a new place to go, and so they get used to getting up and moving around. It also gives them a little bit of a break, and it feels fun and exciting. The last thing you can do is just change the location as a whole. Instead of taking notes in your classroom, maybe you go to the cafeteria or the football field. Maybe you go find a lovely tree and sit out under it. Just by mixing one of these four options into about every other class period is going to feel like a lot of variety with minimal prep. It's going to keep your students actively wondering what is going to come next, but also knowing the expectation that comes with that sort of quote unquote template that they don't know is really a template. And what's nice about this is these can change. So for my get up and move around the room version of notes, this last unit, it usually involved my lab stations and chalk markers. And my chalk markers and I are kind of tired of each other. So the next unit, I might change that out for a get up and move around the room to fill in your notes and almost have them have to scavenger hunt their notes together. Whatever you do, you can modify within those four types of manipulating the lesson plan, but it's going to give you that variety. And I use these not only for note-taking days, but if I think about how I do reviews for tests. If I'm doing a review for a test, I can give them whiteboard markers and they're ecstatic. I can give them different manipulatives that they have to use to answer with. Play-Doh, again, is a great one. Or even throwing a ball at a target to tell me what their answer is. Something nice and easy that we don't really have to plan too much ahead for. I can have them get up and move around. A couple years ago, I had students chasing me through a field The first team to get to me and tell me the correct answer got the points. And then we started all over again. And I've never seen freshman football players so competitively into chasing their teacher down. But it was a lot of fun for all of us. And then just changing up your location. Maybe you want to go review in the library. Maybe you want to see if they can find the answers scattered through the hallway. And choosing the right manipulatives for your unit can make all the difference. So let's talk about a few different manipulatives that have worked for me in the past. We've talked about Play-Doh and my recent bingo chip obsession for Adams. Post-its are a favorite of mine. And even just making my students take notes with different colors and only providing them colored pencils and markers for the lesson has been really fun. I once, when I taught biology used only cups and beads for an entire unit to describe how food chains and food webs worked and have them manipulate these cups. If you get the right small size bathroom cups, the plasticky ones, then you can treat them like little mini dry erase and they can label things and it works beautifully. So that part's kind of a trial and error. You have to figure out what's going to work well for you. But in that trial and error, you're going to open yourself up to a world of possibilities as well. These small manipulations are going to give you so many opportunities in your classes. 
And you'll see your students really start to respond to specific types that you can continue on and add in more and more often. And kind of a bonus one that I like to throw in there every once in a while, if I'm personally really just struggling with teaching that day, is to have the students become the teacher. And they either have to create their own slide explanations for something, their own review questions with answers that then other students have to take the quiz, quote unquote, for, and they have to reteach a topic if they got it wrong, or having them record their own mini lesson on what they remember learning about. And that's also just a great practice for them to get used to explaining what they know to other students. And if you let them work in groups, then they can keep adding and helping each other out. Bonus, bonus version of mixing things up and adding variety with minimal prep is to make sure that you are using template assignments for your sub plans. And then you want to introduce that sub plan every so often into their regularly scheduled programming so they don't forget how it's supposed to work when a sub does come along. You don't want to be answering emails all day. And if they've seen the current event before, then they should be able to do it again when you're not there. I'll have a link to my template sub plans if you're interested in checking those out. If you want some good classic simple steps that we've talked about in the past delivered to your inbox so that you're getting even more variety than just the podcast, feel free to also sign up for the Simple Systems newsletter in the link in the show notes. I hope that you enjoyed and got something a little bit more specific out of this episode for classroom teachers. Next week, we're going to be discussing prepping your home for the holidays, physically and mentally, because they're coming up and you best believe that we need to make some time for relaxing and not just stressing out. Until next time. Thanks for hanging out today. I hope that this simple step will help build big results in your classroom, home, and life. Remember to subscribe, review, and tag me on social media at Engineer Does Education so we can build a simple system together.